episode 70 of the podcast be named later. I am Chris Willis and I'm joined uh, tonight by my good friend, Stephen Talbert. Stephen, pitchers and catchers have reported first workout schedule for Thursday. Been a long off season, but baseball's back. Baseball is back, man. It's so much fun that we're finally here. I don't know why it seems like the, um, you know, it's only like a two or it's only like a three or four month off season. It's not that long of an off season compared to the season, but it just drags on forever. And especially because the Braves typically get their stuff done pretty early. So there's usually a pretty good lull uh, at the end of, of the winter. It seems like it takes forever to get here, but we are finally here. Pitchers and catchers reported today. Uh, position players, a lot of whom are already there, report later in the week, and we're going to get this thing going, and I can't wait. Yeah, there's nothing better than seeing those tweets uh, of guys throwing, running, you know, working out. It's just a, it's a sign spring's coming, you know, and it's right around the corner. So, but you know, as the Braves get to work down in Northport, there's a few storylines going in. I, I, I was, I remember you know, back during the rebuild, it was like when we sat down to talk about storylines, you know, they'd be, they'd be almost 10. Uh, but for a, a roster like they've got right now, you know, it's not that there's not that many huge decisions to be made, but there are, there are a couple. And I think we'll, we'll talk about that, uh, a couple of those tonight. And, uh, you know, just to kind of set the stage before the first full squad workout. But I think the biggest storyline is probably the fifth starter spot. And I know you and I talked a couple of weeks ago, that you know, we thought Bryce Elder would probably come to camp with a little bit of an edge, uh, but you know, heading into camp, it seems like a couple of the beat riders. I know uh, Justin Toscano, Mark Bowman in particular, still think it might be Reynaldo Lopez, and uh, you know, I've been thinking about that. Uh, I can, I've got a reason why I think that does make sense. Uh, but you know, what do you? I want to see what you thought about it. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think. I think Lopez probably has a little bit more ceiling than Elder does as a starter. I know Lopez is not a young guy. He's not a prospect anymore or anything. So it's not like you're, you know, you're not unlocking a a new young player. But, um, you know, Lopez has just got some nasty, nasty stuff. And, you know, I think it's much more likely that he would be, you know, if you told me only one of these guys was going to be like a dynamic starter. I think most people would pick Lopez just in terms of a stuff perspective. And then it also makes sense in terms of roster management, just because Elder does have options, right? You can carry an extra reliever who maybe doesn't have options by sending Elder down and putting Lopez in the rotation. Like it, it, it does add some flexibility. And, you know, we all, we all know that Alex, we've, we've done this enough years now with Alex to know that he, he probably values roster flexibility and depth more than anything even more so than maybe having the exact best 26 guys, you know, on the roster at the very beginning of the year. So it makes sense. I get it. I certainly get it. And, and, and Ronaldo, you know, he did have two years with the White Sox where he was a starter. He threw like 190 innings both years. Um, so he's shown some durability. You know, the question is, can he, can he be as effective as a starter as he's been as a reliever? And, and I don't think anybody's expecting him to throw 101 as a starter, but can he still throw, you know, 98, 97, 98? Can he still get strikeouts? Um, you know, that's just going to, that's going to kind of be what it looks like. Like, you know, how does he look as a, cause we know what he is as a reliever. He's a, he's a tremendous high leverage reliever. He's a high velocity reliever. So it's just going to be what he is as a starter. And then they'll compare the two, but it does make some sense. I mean, there's, there's some roster construction reasons why, you know, I understand why they're doing it and trying it. And, you know, it's not really a downside to it. If it doesn't work out, you can just put them back as a reliever and, and kind of go on, on about your way. So, yeah, I get it. 
Yeah, one of the reasons that I think it, it does kind of make some sense is because they announced way back in the winter after he signed that, you know, they were going to stretch him out. So he's likely coming to camp stretched out a little bit. And, um, you know, if you let him work as a starter through the spring, if you're going to if you're going to try that, you need to try it early in the season while he is stretched out. Because if you put him in the bullpen for a month or two months, it's going to be really hard to stretch him out again because, like you said, you, you know he's not got options. He's not a guy that you're going to send to Gwinnett and let them let him stretch him out down there. So, you know, I think if you really want to use him as a starter, then you have to decide at the beginning because you know it, it would be like I said, you know, you could use him as an opener and maybe he goes two, three, and you could build him up that way. But that's not just that's just not as quite as effective, and it's a little harder to do. Uh, I think in season, you know, once you get there. So, you know, that uh, from that standpoint, it makes sense. And then also you've got, you know, with Elder, as you mentioned, he's got options. You can send him to Gwinnett if, uh, if that's the way, uh, you know, the way things go, if they get through camp with no injuries or anything. But, um, you know, and he's a reliable guy. I gave him 170 innings last year. And, uh, you know, so there's a safe fallback option. But I like, I like what you said about – I think Lopez has probably got a little more ceiling as a as a, a starter because I think that makes sense just with the stuff and, uh, you know, the development he's had the last couple of years as a reliever. But, you know, I think this is going to be an area that we're really going to have to watch during the spring to see what Elder looks like, but also to see what Lopez looks like as they, you know, as they continue to stretch him out. Yeah, and I, I do think this is a – I think this is a one-off. I think they're going to try this one time. I think they'll try it in spring – and if it works, then they'll let him pitch out of the bullpen. I mean, out of out of the rotation. And if it does, they'll just stick him in the bullpen. I like you said, it's it's going to be tough to stretch him out again in the middle of the season if he gets shortened up as a reliever. And I don't even think they would try it. Honestly, they have enough depth on in the rotation. They have enough guys in AAA that they can use. That I think they'll try this. And if it works, it works great. And they'll keep on doing it. And if it doesn't work, then that'll be it he'll just be a kind of a a slightly overpaid you know middle reliever and that's the other thing is they gave him a lot of I mean they paid him 30 million dollars so you know that's a lot of money for a guy who's not you know he's not projected to be the ninth inning guy the eighth inning guy like he's in the Braves bullpen he's kind of more of a middle reliever um, probably more like a seventh inning guy and so 30 million dollars is a lot of money and you know I'm sure they feel like they can milk some more value out of that investment as a starter which they what you can i mean that's 100 percent true starters are just more valuable than relievers you just pitch more innings you just build up more value so i i, I guarantee you that's part of the calculus as well but yeah i i don't i don't i saw some people that were confused by it or annoyed by it i, I don't really it doesn't really bother me I, I get why they're trying it and i am pretty sure that if it doesn't work that'll be the end of it it, it won't this won't be a conversation if they turn him back into a reliever i think that'll be the end of this conversation i, I don't think they're gonna i don't think they're gonna go back and forth you know three or four times i think this is a, a one-off thing right i think they can i think it's possible that they could keep him stretched out to a, you know a two-inning guy out of the bullpen or or you know if they wanted to but you know again he's so He's got such good stuff that you could see him, you know, you could see him in the fifth inning, but you could also see him in the eighth, you know, if the situation called for it. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, You know, I'm glad that we've got a storyline, you know, coming into spring like that, just because, you know, you don't want to close the book on anything and you want to, you want to examine a lot of your options. You know, another guy, I, I don't really know how much of a, you know, this, this fifth starter 
competition could just be a two horse race at this point. It could be Lopez and Elder. We haven't really heard, you know, what they were, uh, what they're planning. I'm sure a lot of guys are going to get a chance to, you know, to turn some heads, as, as, so to speak, as, as they get down there. I've seen a lot of uh, of talk of AJ Smith Shaver, you know, being in competition for that spot too. I think Smith Shaver. I don't know about you, but I think Smith Shaver would have to just be lights out to earn that spot if everybody stays healthy. Now, you know, if somebody, if we find out, you know, a week or two into camp that somebody's going to probably start the season on the injured list, then yeah, I think it brings AJ Smith Shaver into, into the mix. But you know, you've also got guys like Alan Winans and, uh, uh, Darius Fines, uh, Dylan Dodd, you know, guys that made starts last year. So, uh, not to mention Waskar, you depending on if they're going to put him in the bullpen or, or in the rotation too. So, you know, there's a lot of names there. Um, but you know, with Smith Shaver in particular, I think if things go well, that you know he spends most of the year at AAA. Now he could obviously pitch his way into the mix, and uh, you know, and may do so, uh, and that would be a great thing. But at the same time, I think if the Braves are really looking at it, you know, they're probably hoping that they can give him close to a full season at Gwinnett. And then, you know, think about him as an option for the second half. But I, I was curious, you know, I don't know, maybe you see that a little different. But when I think, I do think he's in the group of the pitchers that are probably in consideration. But I just feel like, you know, just given his age and his lack of experience, I feel like, you know, starting him at Gwinnett probably makes the most sense unless it's just a situation where they absolutely have to have him. Yeah, I don't see, a, I don't see an option for him in the rotation unless someone's hurt right out of spring. Like, I don't. I mean, obviously, there's a there's a I don't want to say a good chance. There's a decent chance that somebody's gonna be hurt. I mean, you know this this you know Charlie Morton's forty years old. Chris Sale's got a long injury history. Max had some injury stuff last year. Like there there is a chance that the Braves don't get to opening day with all five of these guys healthy. So that's certainly a possibility. The Braves could have a couple guys down and and need guys like you know Smith Shaver or or Winans or whoever to to fill in early on. Um, and that's possible, but I think that's what it would take. I, it's it's going to take injuries because there's no – I mean, if the Braves' top four is healthy, there's no – of course, those guys are going to be in the rotation. Um, and then it just comes down to a fist starter. I have a hard time – I mean, listen, I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, Ronaldo doesn't look great as a starter and they put him back in the bullpen and, and Bryce Elder has a rough spring and – you know, AJ looks really good. I guess technically that's a that's a possibility. I mean, I haven't really given it a lot of thought, but you know, I don't. You know, we remember last year when um, everybody thought it was going to be you know Bryce Elder as the fifth guy, and he got option like with a week to go, and and Dylan Dodd and and Jared Schuster ended up getting starts early in the early in the year last year because they just looked better in spring. So I mean, yeah, that's technically an option that that could happen. I mean, if Elder doesn't look good, if he looks shaky in spring, and Smith Schauber looks great, I mean, yeah, I I, I guess it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It, it certainly could happen. I, I think it's going to be one of the other two. Um, I think either Ronaldo or Elder will look good enough they can justify the fifth starter. But of course, injuries are are going to be the X factor there because at any point, any one of the Brave starters could go down, and then obviously it's a wide open conversation. Yeah, and I mean, that's a good point, too, because we saw Elder and Ian Anderson, you know, get optioned really quick last year. And uh, and then there was Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster, who looked looked exceptional in, in, during the spring. So, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that somebody, one of these young guys, is going to, 
you know, going to have a good spring like that and pitch their way into the conversation. Uh, but I think it's going to be something, you know, it's going to be something to watch. I just think in a perfect situation, you get AJ Smith Shaver probably starting the year at Gwinnett. You're not pushing him into the into the picture unless he just absolutely pitches his way into the picture. So it'll be interesting to see another guy that um, I saw a little bit about today uh, as he reported to camps, Hurston Waldrop, and you know with Waldrop, you know he he made it all the way to AAA last year, but I thought that was a a little bit of a product that the AAA season runs uh, about a week to 10 days longer than everything else. He made one start at Gwinnett. I'm kind of expecting him to end up probably to start the season in Mississippi uh, just because they're going to have a lot of guys in that Gwinnett rotation, you know, if everybody's healthy. And, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing to let him get a little time there. But I do wonder, I wonder, you know, the Braves have shown us that they're not shy about bringing a guy up if they think he's ready. I mean, we saw Michael Harris who jumped from double A. We saw it with Smith Shaver last year. You know, what kind of realistic expectations can you really have for a guy like Waldrop who, you know, just really spent, what was it? His draft was in July. So, you know, he's, he's only got a couple of months of, of major league of pro professional baseball experience. You know, what, what can we honestly expect? What's a realistic expectation for him this season? I mean, there's no there's no outcome that would surprise me when you're talking about his kind of talent. Like, if you told me that, you know, Chris Sale was going to have a bunch of injuries and, and the Braves were going to have to lean on some of their depth and he ended up making starts in Atlanta and looked solid, like, I wouldn't be surprised. And if you told me that, you know, he's going to spend most of the year in double A, just kind of figuring life as a, as a pro pitcher out. Uh, and that wouldn't surprise me either. Like that's, it's all on the table when you're talking about elite talent and you're talking about an organization that is highly aggressive moving that talent. And, you know, we've seen it up and down the system, pitchers and position players, the Braves do not care if they feel like they're ready, they'll push them. And, you know, I think the ideal scenario, like you were talking about with Smith Shaver is, is the Braves, you know, major league rotation stays healthy throughout most of the year, and and these guys can pitch either in Double A AA or Triple A, pretty much all year. I think that would be best just to let them fail a little bit at upper levels. Um, I think that's an important step in in, de- in development is is learning how to fail at the upper levels and then how you bounce back. But we'll see. I I, I mean, it's I do think the Braves kind of want to know what they have. Um, because the Braves have some long-term questions in the rotation, like we've talked about ad nauseum, you know, with Max Fried coming up to his last year, you know, uh, Charlie Morton's 40 years old. Chris Sale is certainly not, you would think, a long-term piece in the rotation. Like the Braves have some long-term questions they need to answer relatively soon. And so, that you know, who knows? They might want to see what Waltrip has um, sooner than later. It wouldn't, I mean, none, none, there's not a single outcome you can tell me about Hurston Waldrop in 2024, that would, I'd be like, wow. I mean, unless you told me like he didn't even make it to double A, I guess that would be the only one, but it's, it's assuming he's somewhere in double A, triple A or the majors. I I'll buy it all. Cause it all makes sense. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, like you said, in a perfect world, you want those two guys to pitch their way into the picture. You know, you don't want it to be a situation where there's been so many injuries that the Braves have to reach down, you know, to pull them up maybe before they're ready. Actually, you know, we, I mean, we've seen that in the past, you know, Kyle Wright bounced back and forth for several years before, you know, spending just about an entire season at Gwinnett. And then he had the best year of his career so far, you know, obviously the injuries have has clouded his future, but you know, that was kind of the thing. I think they may want to avoid 
well, I think they'll be uh, aggressive. They may want to avoid all that bouncing back and forth with guys like Smith Shaver and Hurston Waldrop. But I'm excited to see Walt Waldrop's one of the guys that I'm most excited to see during the spring. I want to see what he looks like. Smith Shaver too, at the same time too. You know, Smith Shaver's had uh, Waldrop's been a consensus top 100 prospect. Uh, Smith Shaver, I think, appeared on about half of the lists. So you know, the industry's still a little split on him. Uh, but you know, it's going to be fun to uh, going to be fun to watch once Grapefruit League season gets here. And one thing I forgot to mention too, if if Lopez goes into the rotation, you know, it probably it frees up another spot in the bullpen. Uh, you know, and, and you and I have talked a lot about the flexibility that the Braves have been seeking down there. That's another spot that could be optionable, you know, and, as, and if Lopez is in the bullpen, then maybe they only have one spot, you know, where they could cycle in some free, uh, some fresh arms. So, you know, that may be something to consider, consider as well. Yeah. And I think, I think that, I think that's going to matter. I think, I think Alex was very annoyed last year by how little flexibility he had in his bullpen. You know, if you put, like you said, if you put Lopez, excuse me, if you put Lopez in the rotation and then you could put, you know, uh, maybe a younger, a Ray Kerr or somebody like that in the, in the, in the bullpen who's got options, you know, put maybe one or two other guys who have options. Now you can do a lot. Now you can, now you don't have to make an IL, you know, a 10 day IL or 15 day IL move every time you need to make a roster move. And that's what they had to do last year. And it got annoying and it got, I mean, it got tricky where you, you know, because obviously when you IL a guy, you, you can't call him back up for, you know, two weeks or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I think that matters. And I think that will, fi- you know, all things being equal, that might be a thing that ends up deciding if they put um, Lopez in the rotation or not. Yeah, and I mean, it could be good news for a guy like Jackson Stevens who's on a split contract, but he's out of options. And he's done that, you know, He's ha- he's had that role where, you know, he might pitch the ninth in a blowout game, but he might throw three innings in relief too if uh, you know if a, if a starter gets knocked out early, and that may be something they want to have around. Um, you know, obviously it, it, that that kind of goes against the the fresh arm theme because he's out of options. If if they needed to if they needed to send uh, needed to get a fresh arm, you know, they'd have to waive him DFA him to uh, to get him to Gwinnett, but. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. I think that's the, to me, that's the biggest question mark of the of the uh, spring. It's just kind of how the, we know what the top four of the rotation is going to look like when they're healthy, but to see how they, you know, to see how all these options for the fifth spot look. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really like Reynaldo Lopez as a reliever, but I'm intrigued, you know, to see what he looks like. And I think it, you know, I kind of assumed that when they got Chris Sale that, you know, the Lopez starting experience, uh, experiment might be over. But, you know, again, if he's already stretched out, then you might as well get a look at it, you know, in the spring when the games, you know, don't mean that much. Yeah. And, you know, if Elder had had a really strong second half last year, you know, it's it's probably not as big a, a thing. It's probably not as loud. But, I mean, Elder didn't, you know, he he – called into question his own spot in the rotation. Like I know he was an all-star last year, but I mean, his second half was just terrible. It just was. And, you know, that matters. That's part of the, the equation here is, um, you know, they're looking for potentially a little bit better performance out of that spot. So uh, I'm, I'm guessing that matters as well. Yep. I mean, uh, moving on, you know, the other, the other major storyline I think is the bench. And I don't think we're going to have, I don't think we're going to have the answer to that yet. 
just because the Braves still have uh, a lot of flexibility with their roster. Uh, but it is an intriguing uh, bunch, even though, well, there is a little bit of experience on there, but maybe not in the outfield. But, you know, I wanted to kind of go through this. I know you and I talked about it a few weeks ago, but I want to see I want to see kind of where we're leaning here. Uh, before we get into this, though, I want to point out the Braves have 37 players on the 40-man roster, and they've got at least a couple of guys that could potentially go to the 60-day DL right now in Penn Murphy and Angel Perdomo that are going to miss uh, – Murphy's supposed to miss half of the season, at least half of the season. Perdomo's gonna, not going to pitch in 2024. So you've got, you know, roughly five spots to play with, um, depending. So, you know, as teams pare down, I'm sure this bench picture is going to change. But, you know, just to look at it for where it stands right now, Travis Darno, you know, he'll have one of the bench spots as the as the other catcher. Team signed Luis Gourmet to a, a major league deal. So I'm giving him a little bit of an edge. But I was reminded today that Jordan Luplo was on a major, major league deal last year and didn't make the club. So, you know, I don't think you can just automatically uh, uh, pencil Guillaume in there. But, you know, I think he's got an ed- edge at this point. And then David Fletcher, of course, is not on the 40-man. Uh, you know, he came over from the Angels but was outrighted off the 40-man. So he's going to have to earn his way on. But I think this is the question, and I saw Mark Bowman ask this a week or so ago. And and you know, are any of those are either of those options? I don't think Giorme is. Are any of those good enough to play shortstop over an extended period? If if Orlando Arcia went down, yeah, I mean shortstop is always the the position that you worry about most. Like I know, um, I know Fletcher played shortstop like i looked this up when they made the trade i think he played like 130 innings in shortstop for the angels last year now i don't think they were you know particularly great uh shortstop innings i think he was um well maybe i i i I seem to remember him being in the positive in terms of like the defensive metrics so you know i'm guessing he's probably the guy if if um I don't think Louis Gourmet, I don't think they would be comfortable with him at short any any extended period of time. So I, I think it would be Fletcher at this point. Now, like you said, he's not on the 40 man, so they're gonna have to, you know, adjust that at some point. And they probably will just because the amount of money that they owe him. Um, I think they they took him off the 40 man just to see if anybody would claim him on waivers and and they had they had no such luck. But I think he'll be back on. I think he's gonna end up being the you know, Nicky Lopez type player. Um, he played all over the diamond. Um, he could play second basic, but third basic, but shortstop plays some of the outfield in a pinch. You know, it's, it's a, it's a useful piece to have around. Now, obviously it's the Braves we're talking about. So the bench is not going to play hardly at all. Um, so keep that in mind here, but you know, when they have an injury, when they need an off day, I, my guess is as currently constructed now, like you said, they have plenty of 40 man spots to play with. So somebody they really like gets cut from another team. They can add very aggressively. They have probably as many open spots as, as as open, open 40 man spots as any team in baseball. So they can be hyper aggressive on adding people if they want, you know, in the middle of spring, but as it stands right now, as the roster is now, I think David Fletcher is going to end up being that guy. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I wonder, you know, I wonder if, a if a decent, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I mean, I think David Fletcher has been a great defensive shortstop in the past. He's just getting older. 
And so, you know, you have to wonder. And and really and honestly, if, if Orlando Arcea went down, I think when the Braves, even with Arcea, I think the Braves look at shortstop. They want good defense. And whatever they get offensively is a bonus at that point. Obviously, Arcea gave them pretty good offense last year, about league average. You know, and David Fletcher, that's not David Fletcher, but, you know, at the same time, I agree with you. I mean, if he's here and nobody else gets added, then I think he's got to be on this bench because they need they need somebody that's capable of playing shortstop. Giorme could probably get you through a game or two, you know, there, but I don't think that's a I don't think that's a situation that you really want to lean on, you know, for an extended period of time. The other situation, interesting thing, is in the outfield, and you know, before we we kind of get to this, you know, Jerry Kellenick's going to start in left field, and the Braves have said they're going to give him a chance to play every single day, even against lefties, and I believe that, especially going forward. Uh, but when you look at the composition of the outfield for the bench, they're they're lefty heavy on the forty man roster. J.P. Martinez they acquired from the Rangers earlier this offseason. He's a lefty hitter. Forrest Wall is a lefty hitter. Um, so and they, but they both have options too. Eli White, Jordan Luplo are both in camp on on minor league or have minor league deals. Eli White still got an option remaining. Both of those guys are right handed hitters. I'm not a hundred percent sold that one of these guys is going to make the the opening day roster because I think this is the area that they probably address as other teams start to pare down their rosters and maybe and the, they could also even sign somebody you know, an outfielder, because there's still a ton of outfielders out there that are, are still available. Uh, but it does look like to me they need to add a right-handed complement, whether that's White, Luplow, or somebody that's not even in the organization right now. Yeah, I'm still – I mean, there's still so many guys unsigned. I mean, just a, a number of outfielders that are unsigned. And, you know, if the guys they currently have, like Luplow and White, if they don't look good, you know, I mean, the the Braves have tried this with Luplo before. Like you said, they did this last year. They gave him a major league deal. He was supposed to be the guy that came in and 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 platooned with Rosario. And you know, Kevin Pillar just took that job in spring training and literally never let it go. And so that could happen again. The Braves could bring in more of these unsigned guys on minor league deals. It just takes one of them to kind of, you know, it just takes one to take the job, and and then you're you're set. And like you said, you know, the, the Braves probably have even less playing time to hand out with Kelnick than they did with Rosario. You know, Rosario, the Rosario situation was pretty much a, a strict platoon where they let, you know, anytime there was a lefty on the mound, then Pilar played. Well, that's not going to be the case. They're going to give Kelnick every opportunity to play every day. So, you know, the type of player you can attract for that role is diminished because that guy knows he's not going to play as much. And, and that's what I tried to tell people on Twitter. You know, everybody talked about Adam Duvall or Tommy Pham or, or players of that level. You know, guys like that just don't sign to sit on the bench 90% of the time. Like, those guys are good enough where they're looking for, if not starting jobs, at least actively playing. And there's plenty of those jobs around the league where the Braves just aren't going to have – they're not They're not going to have the, the pick of the litter in that regard when there's so little playing time to hand out. So – you know, it's going to be a guy like Luplo. It's going to be a guy like Pilar. It's going to be probably on a minor league deal where the guy just kind of has a really good spring and and he ends up winning the job. But I, I would I would temper my expectations on any money much bigger. You know, especially when the Braves want to give Kelnick so much of the playing time. There's just not going to be a, a long line of guys who are willing to sit on the bench ninety percent of the season and, and play so sparingly. 
Yeah, I mean, I could even you could even make the case that that might be why Kevin Pillar is in Chicago and not in Atlanta is that he just wanted a little bit bigger of a role. You yeah. know, because it was kind of a straight platoon for him last year. I know he got some time in center field too when uh, when Michael Harris was out, but you know, still, you know, those guys want to play, and and you know, Tommy Pham's not coming to Atlanta to be the short side of a platoon with Jerry Kelnick, and especially especially since they're not going to platoon him. I mean, that's it. I mean, yeah. I mean, like even last year, you know, if you if if they had last year's role, it might even be more attractive than this year's role because this year's role is going to be even smaller. So, yeah, I, yeah, that's that's a great point too. So, but I do think you know this is the thing, and too, I've seen you know well they need to carry Forrest Wall. It's a pinch runner, and you know I don't think that's something that you that's a luxury in a lot of ways for the regular season. You know, I think you know if Forrest Wall is still in this organization come playoff time. I think there's a really good chance that he's going to be on there because he can play all three outfield spots and he's he is super fast and a good base runner. You know, and you want to carry that kind of, that type of player in the postseason. Uh, but you know, there's no reason to stash him on the bench and him never play because he's a left-handed bat. You know, let him go to Gwinnett, let him let him play, and uh, you know why he's got options remaining, and then you know. We'll see, you know, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. And I'm kind of interested to see J.P. Martinez, too, because, you know, I know the num- overall numbers wasn't great, but, I mean, he was, a, you know, pretty highly regarded uh, when he signed as an international free agent, and I think he had some moments with the Rangers. Uh, but, again, another lefty hitter, and, uh, you know, so that makes the fit the fit just kind of tough, I think. But at the same time, you know, if you have an injury in the outfield or something, maybe one of those guys can come in and help help fill that uh fill that hole yeah and that's what it's going to be i think for these lefties for wall for martinez it's going to be you're most you're mainly going to be injury replacement if something happens to kalnick if something happens to uh, uh to michael harris especially forrest wall i think forrest wall is strictly just michael harris insurance for an injury i don't think he's going to play much i think like you said i agree with you i think he's going to be in triple a the Braves don't like putting, you know, youngish players on the bench. They like having those guys play every day. Now, Forrest Wall is not like a, a prospect of any regard, but still, he's young enough where you don't just want him sitting on the bench. Just keep in mind these bench roles for Atlanta. The the, the players that are that fill these spots are going to be sitting on the bench ninety plus percent of the time. Like that's what they're going to be doing. They're they're there to be, you know, dugout uh, clubhouse guys. They're there to. You know, come in every day, be veterans, stay ready, but, you know, be, they're not going to make any waves, just happy to be on a major league team. These are the kind of guys that Atlanta is going to attract to their bench. They're not going to get like starter level players to accept these kind of roles. And they're not even going to try. They're going to bring in guys like Giorme and like Fletcher and like Luplo, who are just happy to be on a major league team, quite honestly. And that's kind of, that's kind of perfect when you're, when you play with the Braves, you never start. You never really play at all. You just need veteran guys who can be ready in a pinch and just kind of not make any waves the rest of the time. Yeah, and I mean, just to just to wrap this thing up, you know, looking at the, you know, if you can add a right-handed outfielder, I think having the ability to play center field really helps, helps the situation. You know, if you look at White and Luplo, I think White could play center field for you if you needed him to. Uh, but, you know, we also know that they like to keep their options open. And uh, Eli White still has one minor league option, according to Fangraphs. Jordan Luplo, of course, doesn't. So I don't know if that would factor in the um, in the decision. 
it might if you know this is the same group of, of bench players we have at the end of spring. But given how many spots are open on the forty man roster, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that uh, there's some more names added to this list before they break camp. Yeah, and remember, just as a reminder to people that if they if they want Fletcher, if they want Eli White, um, those guys have to be added to the forty. So even though the Braves will have some open forty man spots. There's also some likely bench pieces that are going to have to be added at some point as well. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and wrap this thing up. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Saw several players today uh, talk as they, as they reported to camp, and I wanted, to, like you said, I wanted to mention there's several position players already there as as the pitchers and catchers are, are arriving. Position players don't need to have to be there until over the weekend, so you know that's always good when you see most of the guys getting there early and and they're excited. But you know one thing one thing I've seen already, AJ Minner had a pretty lengthy interview today. You know where. And and he reiterated this kind of World Series or bust mentality, and we I saw this at Braves Fest too. Austin Riley talked about it. Spencer Strider's been harping on it since the end of the season, and you know you want to see just a that you know I don't think the Braves are going to change their approach too much, but I think going into the postseason, you know maybe you see that sense of urgency a little more. I think adding Chris, a guy like Chris Sale uh, to the mix certainly helps that, gives them a little bit more edge. I think if you were going to, you know, if you were going to complain about the last year's team, which I mean, really, you're splitting hairs if you did, you know, they won 104 games, they clinched really early. You know, maybe they did go into the offseason just a, I mean, into the postseason just a, you know, a little lax or whatever. And one thing the Phillies have shown the last two years, they've walked in with an edge. And I think that's really helped them. But, um, you know, the Braves historically and Brian Snicker historically is a one day at a time type of manager. They kind of they kind of preach that, you know, throughout the regular season. So I'm kind of interested to see how these two narratives play out. Yeah, I mean, I see both. I, I see both sides of it. And if you're a if you're a player on the best team in baseball, the most talented team in baseball, then to some extent your attitude needs to be World Series or bust. Like that needs to be, like when you have the most talent, then yeah, like that's the goal. The goal is to win a World Series. Full stop, you know, that's the goal. And I'm fine with players voicing that. Brace have a lot of veteran players who've been around, who've, who've got all the accolades. Now they're just, now they just want to win. That's just, they just want to win World Series. 
So in that regard, I understand the sentiment. On the other hand, I do think, and I thought about this a lot over the, over the winter because it, it does matter, but I think baseball more than any sport is one where fans really need to try to understand and try to enjoy the journey of a baseball season because the playoffs are so random. The odds of the best team winning are like 20, 25%. And that's the best teams, not even like the second best team or third best team, just the best team. The odds of you winning a world series are much, 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 much worse than the odds of you actually doing it. And in that regard, I do wish fans would learn how to just enjoy the journey of a great seat. Like last year is a perfect example. Like last year was as much fun as I've ever had in a baseball season it didn't end the way we wanted it to and and we were all hyper frustrated at the end and and the 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 division series and and being knocked out early again but like baseball is a sport where you really do need to learn how to just enjoy the six month eight months that it takes to just get to where we're going even if it doesn't end in a world series like the journey matters it's not always just about the destination and I do I do want players who who kind of have that world series or bust mentality, but that's a tough mentality for fans to keep. Like if you can't enjoy a hundred plus one team, even if they don't win the World Series, the baseball is probably not the sport for you because that's what happens even when you have the best team in baseball or one of the best teams in baseball, the the overwhelming majority of the time you don't win the World Series. So you you know what I'm saying? Like you you gotta I, I do wish people would learn how to find joy in the 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 season that happens and not just always be you know if you're 20 games over 500 you're dog walking the rest of the division and it's you know august and you're just you're complaining all the time because you don't think this team is good enough to win like that stuff drives me crazy like i do wish fans learn how to appreciate it a little bit more even if that's not necessarily the the mindset i want the players to have yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And I think a lot of it, you know, if if they had lost to anybody, I mean, if, number one, two first-round exits in a row uh, after winning a World Series was obviously going to, you know, it's going to be frustrating to a lot of people, especially coming in off of a 104-win season and one that they set countless records, you know, offensively. Losing to the Phillies for the second straight time I think makes it worse. Especially when you were what you won the division by you were fourteen 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 and a, uh, fifteen games better than them during the regular season, so I kind of understand a little bit of the uh, of the uh, frustration. But at the same time, as you said, it's a it's a you know baseball season is a marathon, and it's it's hard. And I think you know you, you want to have that World Series or bust mentality if you're a player, but at the same time, and I know Brian Snicker's probably going to, I don't know when he has his annual speech. It'll probably be before the first squad, but he's going to tell them the goal is to win the division. And that is the goal because you have to do that. You need to do that before you can get to the next goal. And, uh, you know, I just, that's why I'm kind of fascinated to see, you know, how, how much we continue to hear this talk. I think it'll kind of die off a little bit in the regular season. And then as we get towards the end is when I think you're going to see it again. And, uh, you know, I'm really anxious to kind of see if, if, um, you know, adding Chris sale, adding this new mindset changes anything in the postseason. Cause I mean, I mean, you and I talked about this. If you'd went into the, if we'd win it, if you told me before the start of the division series last year that the Braves were going to lose in four games, I would have told you that they lost 10 to nine 
11 to 8. Uh, they've lost a bunch of high scoring games because their pitching faltered. The fact that they went into a, a, that series and didn't hit uh, at all, basically, is still just, you know, it just speaks to the randomness of the game. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, the entire season is going to come down to how they play three games in October, right? Like, that's 10 months from now, right? Like, I understand people who who are going to have their entire enjoyment of this season is going to be tied to those three games in October. But, like, there's 10 months worth of baseball between now and then. You know, like, we got to be able to enjoy some of that and not just tie it all into how exactly they play in October. Now, listen, you get knocked out in the first round two years in a row to the same team, division rival. Like, you lose the benefit of the doubt. I get that. And I was just as frustrated as anybody. But, you know, there's a lot of really fun baseball and a lot of fun games and big homers and big pitching that's going to happen in the 10 months between now and then. And, you know, let's let's enjoy it. Like, let's try to enjoy it a little bit. It's not just – I don't want it just to be tied to – you know, that's my least favorite part of having one of the best teams is that, like – it's almost like you're not allowed to enjoy the regular season because it's just, you know, World Series are bust. It's World Series are bust. How are they going to play in October? That's all that matters. And I, I do think they're. I think. I think in baseball specifically, you're missing something if that's your attitude. Yeah, that that, that makes a makes a lot of sense. Moving on, you know, we had an article on the site. I think it was over the weekend, honestly, that I thought it was good. That I wanted to kind of get you, gauge your uh, thoughts on it, but. Uh, you know, of everybody on this Braves roster right now, who do you think has the best chance to spend their whole career with Atlanta? You know, this is something we saw with uh, Chipper Jones, you know, but, you know, you can go back further. And, I mean, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, and, and John Smoltz all pitched for other teams, you know, which is, is kind of just the business of it. You know, guys that you would have thought probably would have been here for forever. You know, and uh, you know, so I, I thought this was an interesting topic. But I'm curious what you're what you're thinking about that. Well, the obvious answer is Austin Riley because he's got the longest extension, and you know, he's I think under contract till like age 35, 34, 35, something like that. So you're you know you're one more kind of small contract on top of that away from probably being at the end of his career. So that's the easy answer. I think I would probably pick Acuna. Because I don't think there's any chance. I don't think there's any chance he gets even close to the end of this contract before he gets another one. My guess is he's going to sign a. We're. I think we're going to at some point get like the the blue, the blue square tweeted out where he has an, another ten year deal, twelve year deal, something like that. Where, you know, instead of playing under this ridiculous contract that he's been playing under his whole career, where he's actually like the highest paid guy on the team, and that's you know what he should be he should be the highest paid guy on the team so my guess is going to be Acuna because I don't think there's any scenario where Alex would let uh, Ronald get to free agency but you know Ozzy's up there too you know they don't have quite as much team control over him I could see him going somewhere else later in his career but I think Acuna and Riley are I'm trying to think Michael Harris, uh, you can make the case for Michael, Michael Harris, Harris too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it would take another long, a long, probably a long contract for him. But you know, he would. He was the other one I was going to mention. I think Riley's the easiest one because by the time his deal's up, Matt Olson's probably gone at that point. He could shift to first base if he needed to. He could play at D. He could still be the DH. You know, if he needed to. 
Yeah, and he's a he's a southern he's a southern boy. Like I could yeah. see him just wanting to stay in Atlanta his whole career. I really like that thought about Acuna, though. That's that's something I would love to see happen. Uh, but I'm really interested. I'm really interested, especially if he has a couple more monster seasons like what he's what he like last year. You know, and I don't know. I don't even know if that's fair to put on somebody. But you know, I expect him. You know, to be among the best players in the game. Uh, probably for the till the end of this contract that he's already got. So, you know, I think that's interesting. I would love to see the Braves lock him up, you know, with another big big time deal. Do you think do you do you think they let him get to the end of this deal or do you think they they use the leverage of the length of it to try to get another one signed? I don't think I, I my thinking is they better not let it get to the end of this deal if they want to keep it yeah. because, you know, yeah. I think you're right. I think you know, without looking at the salaries in front of me, I think they clear a bunch of money next year. Obviously, they've got some question marks in the rotation. I think it's going to be a situation where they're they're below the tax. You know, if they can find themselves there, then we might, you know, we might be on that watch. But the way they operate, too, you know, it's probably going to be the one of the things that's furthest from our minds if it happens. You know, we'll just yeah. like you said, we'll get the blue box, uh, the blue box tweet, and you know, there it'll be. Um, so, but I thought this was a good article and, and it was, you know, made some good points and, uh, I was just curious because I think Austin Riley is the easy answer because he got the biggest contract in the, in the team, his team's history. And, you know, it's a, it's a long one. I think he signed for uh, the longest of anybody. I think Michael Harris is young enough that still he's young, but I still think, you know, he could, he could tack on another big contract at the end of this one to, um, you know, and but I really, really hope that it is Acuna. Also, uh, this week we started rolling out our thirty-team preview. This was something that we started last year because the balance schedule where they've uh, every yeah. team plays everybody else now. AL West was this week. I thought this was fun. I wrote up the A's, which is not fun, uh, but there's a, this is an intriguing division. Uh, you know, you had the World Series champion in here that nearly missed the playoffs. I mean, you know, the Rangers had a huge lead in this division last year and then you know at one point was in the final weeks was out on the outside looking in of the whole postseason uh you got the mariners in this in this division you got the astros in this division i'm i was kind of curious uh, i think we'll do this now for the next six weeks while we're running this we'll go division by division we're rolling out one per week but uh you know we'll get we'll start with the predictions here and i know there's a bunch of free agents out there still that could sway the picture so if somebody big signs with somebody, uh, we might come back and, and adjust your prediction. But you know, who who do you, who do you like to win the AL West? Yeah, I don't know how you don't pick the Astros. I get that the Rangers just won the World Series, but you know they've they've been having all sorts of issues with their TV money, and and they haven't been able to spend this all season like they normally can. And you know, if they bring back Jordan Montgomery, uh, then maybe I'll pick Texas. Corey, Corey Seager is still the you know, arguably the most dangerous hitter on the planet. So, uh, but the Astros just have so much talent. I mean, they still got, you know, they still got Alvarez. They still got Tucker. They got Altuve. They got Bregman. They got Pena. They just signed, I think they signed Josh Hader, right? I think they signed Mm -hmm. Josh Hader. So they're going to have a nasty, nasty bullpen. Um, You know, the rotation probably can use a little help. It's, it's a pretty, it's still a pretty solid unit. And, you know, I, I have a hard time, the Rangers are really good and they're really fun, but just on talent, pure talent, I think the Astros are still head and shoulders the best team in that division. 
I don't think it could be anybody else. I, I'm I'm still pretty low on Seattle. I think they, I think they've kind of lost the plot a little bit. I think they've just kind of been pulling levers lately and, and hoping something, uh, you know, fits. But it's going to be Texas or, or Houston, and just based on pure talent level right now, I I would I wouldn't pick anybody other than Houston. Yeah, I think the Astros are kind of inevitable at this point. You know, I mean, yeah. they were on the outside looking in for a while last year, and then finally caught caught fire and uh, you know and and took the division. Actually, they won the division, even though them and the Rangers had the same record. Texas is a good pick. You know, I, I, Seattle's had a weird off season. You know, I feel like uh, you know they may not be they may be about the same team they were last year. That's a lot cheaper, but. You know, they haven't made that many strides. I do think Julio Rodriguez, this might be a season where he takes a, a huge step forward. I think he could be, you know, I don't think he's as good as Ronald uh, is, but I think he is capable of, of putting up some monster numbers too. But I agree with you. I'd have to go with the Astros, gun to my head, you know, just to see. I think Texas is scary, uh, especially if they go get Montgomery uh, now that their their TV situation is a little, in a, a little more clear. But It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think that's an interesting division, uh, you know, thing. And, of course, we'll all be pulling. I don't know how much we'll be pulling for the Angels, but we'll all be pulling for Ron Washington, uh, yeah. you know, obviously as he's he's the new manager there. So uh, that's a that's an interesting situation to watch, too, post-Shohei Otani. I think that's going to wrap us up. You got anything you want to hit before we get out of here? No. I just – I'm so excited, man. I can't – I can't wait. Uh, I don't – I didn't actually look – when the first spring game is it's usually somewhere it's like usually like february february 24th 24th okay so not yeah so it's coming up um obviously a lot of free agents stuff that need to sign but for the braves perspective they're pretty done i mean i don't i would be stunned if they had anything major come across at this point i think they'll be opportunistic with some guys that make it cut but i'm just excited man the season is is here football is officially over which means baseball is coming. Um, and, you know, obviously everybody check out the site. Uh, Chris runs the whole site. Um, and then we have the podcast network that has got three different shows on it. It's got Brad Scott. It's got me and Chris. It's got uh, Sean who does the Daily Hammer. We're going to have content just pouring out of this thing. I mean, we do all year, but especially now that the season's ramping up, uh, the podcast network will get back on a much, much more um, – It'll be a much more consistent schedule. Uh, obviously, there'll be content pouring out of the site. So come check it out, and we appreciate it as always, guys.